Welcome to Bellies, Babies, and Birth. My name is Amy Vanderlinden, and I'm a physical therapist specializing in pelvic health and myofascial work. I have a passion for helping women thrive throughout pregnancy, delivery, and that postpartum period so that they can get back to the activities they love. This podcast is to help provide education and resources and also to build community, particularly here in the Phoenix Valley. Enjoy! Hello, hello there, everybody. I am super excited today. We have a very, very special guest. We are going to be talking with Amy, uh, who is a mom of two, before anything. Um, she has been a physical therapist for more than 19 years and is the owner of Mom and of Truth Therapy, which is in Phoenix, Arizona. So, uh, Amy, thank you for being with us here today, talking with the girls in the Mother Strong League. So if you want to talk a little bit more about the work that you do, how you help moms, and uh, so we can get started, so the girls know how awesome you are. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here. I have a podcast, too, which we're going to interview you later this yeah. week, and I just, um, I love having the chance to reach into new communities and um, educate moms. And yes, yeah, so I'm a physical therapist. Mm -hmm. um, I started branching out into my fascial work, mm -hmm. which we'll talk about in a minute, and then pelvic health. So my fascial work, gosh, 10 and a half years ago, and okay. then pelvic health about seven years ago. Mm -hmm. Anyway, and so um, I had my own kiddos. They are now 11 and 14. I'm not sure how that happened. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so as I was just, and I had unmedicated births, but it was in a hospital setting. Okay. And then as more of my friends were getting pregnant and some of them were using doulas or some of them were using midwives and things were, um, my eyes were being open to some choices that maybe I would have preferred. Um, and just different things related to that. So then I started specializing in pelvic health and women's health and really focusing on pregnant and postpartum moms. And so a lot of what we do is focused around communicating. A lot of the things you and I were just chatting about right before yeah. we started, you know, what's might be common, but isn't normal and yeah. what's treatable and minimizing trauma at all costs so that they can have the best possible birth experience mm -hmm. um, and the best possible recovery where they feel supported, where they, regain their confidence in their bodies where they can know their bodies. And even if something serious is going on, like maybe a prolapse or, you know, prolonged leaking, they at least have the confidence of what it's going to take to walk them through that healing process so mm -hmm. that they're not just horrified that, you know, maybe they can't have more kids or horrified that they're just going to pee their pants the rest of their lives or yeah. you know, whatever the things they just feel so helpless. And a lot of women don't even know that there's a whole branch of physical therapy specifically for pregnancy and pelvic health and postpartum recovery and all those things. So. Oh, no, I, I totally agree. And I, like, it wasn't until I had my own kids and it started to, to get really, really invested in the learning everything pre, pre and postnatal uh, that I learned about what you guys do. And I met Carrie Pagliano in, in the first seminar that I did for um, Anthony. And she started telling me about all that you guys do. And I was like, oh my goodness. So everything that I have been hearing from moms over the years, it's just a belief that moms are stuck in because they don't know 
uh, and it's not their fault. It's just there is a lack of information because um, even on social media recently, there was a, a guy talking, he was a doctor talking to a, a fitness influencer and he couldn't even say the word vagina. <laughs> yeah, um, he couldn't even say the word vagina. So um, I do think that it is important to to bring awareness, and that's why we have you here today. And today we're going to be talking mostly about C sections because I think that there is this um, um, C section. It's needed, uh, although sometimes we all know that it might be a bit overused, but it can save a lot of lives. Um, so I do think that it is important to talk a little bit about it and the recovery and how it all can help. So if we could get it started a little bit with you explaining to us from uh, um, a physical therapist standpoint, what is a C-section? Well, so a C-section is when they something's going wrong um, with either baby's heart rate not responding well to the contractions or sometimes baby doesn't drop down. Mm -hmm. There can be a lot of reasons, right? There's other health issues that they want to induce and sometimes mom's body's not ready because they had to you know, induce what may have felt early to her system. And so, like you said, it can save lives, but they basically have to cut through the abdominal tissue and the uterus and get baby out that way. Mm -hmm. And that can be extremely traumatic. Oftentimes women feel blindsided by that. You know, if, if, if it's kind of an emergency situation, it's terrifying, right? Like yeah. you're not sure you're going to make it. You're not sure baby's going to make it. You know, it can mm -hmm. be a very scary situation. Um, and so the other factor too, is that as they do that procedure, they set a lot of your internal organs literally on a sterile tray next to you, uh -huh. um, while they're getting baby out. Mm -hmm. So they have to cut through as little as possible, but that still disrupts all of that fascia and all of our fluid in the yeah. system and things like that. And so the recovery isn't just the incision, um, okay. the recovery is all of that. And so my coworker and I both specialize in visceral work as well, uh, mm -hmm. specifically helping to you know reorganize those muscles, minimize scar tissue, mm -hmm. rehydrate the fascial tissue, and get all of those things. Our our layers should kind of slide and glide. And mm -hmm. We should be well hydrated, um, and so that goes all the way down to the cellular level of the fascia. Yeah. It's not just like, Oh, drink your water for the day. Yeah. Um, but so anyway, that's a big part of the manual therapy that we do. Okay. And uh, just a quick question. Um, the muscles can, they can, they can be either be cut or, or like just separated, isn't it? Like the abdominal muscles. Depends on the process. I know they try to cut as little as possible, uh -huh. um, but obviously they have to get to the uterus. And so I think that somewhat depends on the surgeon and that's something yeah. women should probably check in their post-op report or ask yeah. you know, what layers had to be cut. Cause that can be relevant to recovery yeah. um, as well, you know, and mm -hmm. they're getting that core back. Um, yeah. I think there's a little bit of a misnomer too, like whether or not you have diastasis does not depend, which is the separation of those ab muscles, does not depend on a C-section. It does not depend on your level of strength or fitness. Those are factors, but sometimes the most fit women, I'm sure you've probably seen this, the most fit and strong women tear the worst because their abs are so tight and so thick. I remember uh, on my C-section itself, like I remember my, my doctor pulling my muscles so hard that I like literally remember my body going side to side 
because he wanted to cut, like he didn't want to cut a lot of it. So because he understands that I work with my body, I'm in the fitness industry. So he wanted to, to keep it minimal. But I remember that's something I remember very clearly my body going from side to side on the, on the surgery uh, table. Yeah. It's sort of like the dentist, even though you're numb, you feel them yanking your tooth out and you feel the <laughs> yeah. like shaking things down. So creepy. Uh, so what kind of complications can happen with a C-section scar and how uh, can a pelvic floor PT help? So one thing that I try to educate women about, because it's extremely rare that I've encountered a woman whose doctor told her to get her scar worked on. Oh, I, well, I wasn't told. I never heard of anybody. Right. Yeah. And so it's not just if they want a VBAC later or you should get your, even if it heals perfectly, even if it heals a hundred percent, scar tissue can grow like a vine somewhat. And you don't want that adhering to the bladders right underneath there. You don't want any of those layers adhering. And so some of the complications are if the wound gets infected. Um, I had a client who actually had to get sent home from the hospital with a wound vac on because it was not healing oh. or like part will heal, but then some stitches won't. One thing that's super common, again, even in a completely normal, well healing situation, obviously most people are right-handed, including surgeons. And so they stand on the woman's right side. And so as they stitch up, they usually knot off, tie the knot off at the, on the right side. And so sometimes there's a thicker knot for women on their right side of their scar. And so um, really you know, we make sure to mobilize that and teach, teach them how to check in with their scar, teach them how to feel if the layers are hearing. But especially if someone is going to get pregnant again, whether they want to be back or not, but increasingly. Let's just, let's just um, be clear, like, because I think some people don't know what VBAC is. Oh, sure. VBAC is? A vaginal birth after cesarean. Perfect. So, so women that want to try to have a vaginal delivery after they've already had a C-section, um, you know, one of the things that the medical community cautions against is that you could rupture because mm -hmm. of the scar tissue, which it's ironic to me. You'd think if they knew that the scar tissue could form that powerfully, that it could contribute to a rupture, that they would mention to go get the scar tissue worked on and minimized. But yeah. somehow there's a disconnect. But yeah. Um, so yeah, definitely to get that scar tissue worked on. And what happens if there's an infection or complication is just that there's even more inflammation and often even a bit more laying down of that scar tissue as the body's trying to heal. Could we talk? Could we talk a little bit about what scar tissue is? Because I feel like some people, like I, I don't know what scar tissue is, and I think that a lot of people might not know either. Absolutely, um, I'll do my best to explain it simply, but yet accurately. So, <laughs> say our, say our, right? Say our fibers are like lined up like this, uh -huh. and that's a big part of what myofascial work does. We sink into that fascial layer, the collagen, the elastin, those different components. If you are an anatomy geek like me, so the fibers should be aligned. And a lot of times with scar tissue, the body's just trying to heal and lay down. And so you'll see it even with bone. And even when a fracture happens, um, the body will try to lay down bone. And it doesn't always line up like the bone originally was. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes they'll talk about how where you have a break, it actually heals even stronger, but can sometimes make areas next to that vulnerable. And we've seen mm -hmm. that with physiotomy scars, you know, mom's having a episiotomy scar they go for delivery number two they don't tear at the same spot that scar healed it's thick 
right there, but yeah. sometimes that thickness pulls in and then you've got a thinning of the tissues next to that scar and then they tend to be a bit more vulnerable. So Can we talk about what that is? So when, when the baby's head comes out vaginally through the canal, there can be tearing of any of that tissue in there, the perineum, mm -hmm. um, cervix, depends on how severe the tear is. And so there could be a tear naturally that occurs just from pressure or the, an episiotomy is actually when the doctor cuts on purpose in an attempt to minimize tearing, an attempt to control kind of where and how severe that is. Okay. Um, and so then whether, whether the person tears or is cut, there's a scar obviously then. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the tears, like they call it a skid mark and it doesn't even require a stitch. Okay. That may not apply. We still address and make sure there's not any like inflammation throughout the vaginal canal or the perineum and different things. But um, even a small episiotomy scar of three or four stitches we work on because a lot of times that contributes to painful sex and can contribute again to making the tissue next to it more vulnerable for a subsequent delivery. Okay, so basically scar tissue is when, when the body just wants to heal it doesn't care how it is, but it just wants to heal. And sometimes that can get a bit messy. It's healed, but it's messy. That's accurate. Okay, cool. Awesome. Uh, so um, I have, and, and this is, was actually a question from one of our members. Uh, will they scar from the C-sections always hurt when doing sit-ups? Is it supposed to hurt? Okay. So two different questions. No, it doesn't always hurt. Some women okay. heal from their C-section and they feel fine mm -hmm. um and it def definitely should not hurt okay um especially if you're in that first six to 12 weeks and you get pain your body's healing mm -hmm. if it's after that point most likely all of unless again with an infection or some other extenuating circumstance the tissues healed so if you're still getting a pulling a pain a burning sensation there's something stuck and go that's see often you. part that's treatable that's when people go see you Hopefully. <laughs> awesome. I want them to suffer. I don't want them to not be back in the gym. Yeah. And um, so uh, I, I've, I've read a few things. I actually saw it on your website. Um, I watched all your videos like a good creep does. Uh, <laughs> awesome. And you, were, um, you, were, you mentioned in one of the videos about getting like a toothbrush or something uh, on, on top of this car. So to, to, to increase sensation and stuff like that. What would that be for? like to get different uh, types of like uh, a, a brush or a feather or something like that? That would usually pertain to like the nerve being affected. So obviously when they cut through that tissue, you have the, not like a nerve, like from the spinal cord that's serious yeah. for function, but it's those sensory nerves on your skin. Like when you get that light tickle on your skin, uh -huh. that often feels really weird for women around their C-section. It stays sensitive. A lot of women will talk about how they have to wear a certain kind of underwear, or have to make sure the underwear comes above the scar or sits well below the scar. Or it affects the types of pants they can tolerate. Mm -hmm. um, and so that nerve sensitivity can often, I mean, again, personally, I mostly treat it with the manual therapy, mm -hmm. um, but that the feather or a toothbrush or a makeup brush is something that women yeah. can do at home to try to sort of desensitize that mm -hmm. scar or mm -hmm. help the sensation return more normally. Mm -hmm. But uh, the manual work would, uh, as you said, would probably be the, the most effective one. Well, I mean... 
I'm not going to say it wouldn't work for them to try it themselves, yeah, yeah. but yeah, just trying to be thorough. Yeah. Clearing yeah. that up, making sure that the nerves don't have any additional reason to be hung up. I mean, we could probably go off on a whole other tangent about yeah. trauma and the autonomic yeah. nervous system. And so the mm. body might perceive like, Hey, we were sliced open by a weapon. Yeah. You know, there, even though the mom in that moment might be agreeing to the C-section or be like, yes, this is necessary. The body's like, we're under attack. Yeah. And so sometimes that scar, like that area just stays kind of on, if you will. Like I talk yeah. to clients about, you know, we should be at no DEFCONs. Yeah. And so sometimes when we've had trauma, our body's like cruising at DEFCON three. And so uh -huh. it's like, then a paper cut takes us to DEFCON five. It's like, no, no, only an actual <laughs> like being chased by a saber toothed tiger is supposed to take us to DEFCON five. So <laughs> It's kind of getting the system to be back at zero. We don't okay. want that. I'm on alert. And so sometimes even the scar tissue anywhere in the body really can be on alert. Okay. And uh, how can, uh, like back to the scar tissue, how can it affect a C-section scar? I'm like, sorry. Uh, like they, they scar tissue, like how, how does somebody like can, like how can somebody know that their C-section scar is not healing properly because there is a big buildup of scar tissue. Like what, are the, what would be the symptoms in that case? Okay. Um, so again, like the sensitivity to their clothing, um, if there's certain movements or exercises that they can't do without feeling that pulling um, mm -hmm. or any kind of, sometimes they'll get like a pinchy sort of burn. And mm -hmm. that's like a combination of the tissue. You could get that rippy sort of yeah. burn type feeling. Um, that's definitely indicating that the scar it might have healed well. I don't mean to imply that they're walking yeah. around with like an internal wound, but yeah. just that it is adhered. And so some of those layers, like the nerves kind of get trapped in there. Maybe some um, superficial blood vessels like are trying to send a message. Hey, things are not okay right here. But yeah. Usually it's um, the sensitivity with the clothing or pain with movement. Okay. So on that case of that, that Sylvia, um, uh, all C-section will the scar from the C-section always hurt when doing sit-ups probably best to see a, uh, a pelvic floor PT. Just if it, if, yeah. If they're having pain during exercise, definitely. Okay. So, um, I, I know that obviously this is your job, but what are some of the techniques that you use to reduce scar tissue? And is there anything that a, a, a mom can start doing at home until she goes sees, uh, uh, in a pelvic PT? Absolutely. Um, so you definitely want to give it some basic healing time, three to four weeks, especially, and that's on the low side to make sure that there's no infection or issues with the wound healing, mm -hmm. but you can gently check. Are your, are your viewers just going to be able to listen to us or can they see? Okay, they can see. Okay, great. So um, you can check the skin to see if it goes side to side, front to back. And if you can gently rotate it, around the scar and gently just, you know, obviously across the belly, this scar is going to run this way. Yeah. Usually yeah. right below the bikini line. Uh -huh. And so, you know, if, if they can gently strum it this way, but then also back and forth, if it's uh -huh. well healed, they can take the skin and lift. And okay. Really see, but I'm yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can see. And then lift up a little bit. Again, being very gentle on themselves during that yeah. early healing. But I definitely teach clients how they can work on mobilizing themselves. And further down the road, when it's like, you know, I might see clients and, you know, their C-section was three years ago and now they've had a vaginal birth and they finally heard about pelvic floor therapy. <laughs> um, so I have a, a small 
ball that's kind of the consistency of a, well, actually I want right here. It's like the texture of a yoga ball. Mm -hmm. But so sometimes we'll all even have them put that along that bikini line where they can just sink and melt. It's, it's somewhat squishy. Uh -huh. And so we can also take air out or put air in. And so they'll use that for kind of some self mobilization at home. Okay. And that, that would be kind of, uh, is that what, okay, let's, let's take a little break from this because I would like to know what myofascial release is because uh, this is actually something we were talking about before. I am a skeptical. So, uh, fair enough. Uh, teach me. So and I, th and I think that, the record, I think that my skepti skepticism um, comes from ignorance. And that's me being very honest. By not knowing, I'm just like, it doesn't work. So um, I th I, I'm open to learning because I do think that it can be an amazing tool for the ladies. And, um, and I would like to learn. Awesome. Well, that's very humble of you. Um, and I mean, gosh, I got my master's in physical therapy and they didn't teach us about fascia. Okay. So don't feel bad for not knowing. <laughs> um, so do you eat oranges? Yes. Okay, so you know how when you peel an orange, you've got the peel and then you've got the white stuff? Yes. And then as yes. you break open the orange, you can, there's all the different little wedges. And like each wedge has its own little kind of white stuff yeah. around yeah. it. And then when you break open a wedge, you see all the little pockets of juice? Yes. That's kind of how the fascial system works all the way down to the cellular level. Okay. Do you eat chicken? Yes. Okay, so you know when you have a chicken breast and there's like that white little sheathing thing across it? Yeah. So in our bodies, we have some of that sheathing type of fascia that goes around organs or between layers, like between the lungs and the wall of the torso and rib cage. But then we also have like a web of fascia that goes more like the orange, all the little, little webs down to the cellular level. Um, even our bones are have a fascial matrix to them. They're just far more calcified and solid than mm -hmm. like our muscle tissue. Yeah. Um, and you know, I'm John Barnes trained for my fascial work. Um, there's, there's different aspects to fascial work, but so your fascia is all of your connective tissue and it's literally okay. the one system in the body that's connected head to toe. Okay. So like anatomy trains teaches a lot about the fascial system. Visceral work talks a lot about the fascial system. Uh -huh. my, my teacher, John Barnes, there's lots of different schools around it. Even the craniosacral work and the cranial rhythm, you know, you've got the fascia surrounding the brain. It goes literally all the way down the spinal cord. The dura around the spine attaches um, to the sacrum. Uh -huh. and so a lot of pelvic stuff results in or can affect headaches, shoulder pain. It goes all the way up through the torso. Mm -hmm. um, and so with the myofascial release, it's a slow approach. We're sinking into that fascial layer. We wait at the barrier. So like if you're sinking into muscle tissue, like I could dig and that might have other types of benefits. You know, mm -hmm. people get a sports massage to work out lactic acid. So I'm certainly not saying that myofascial release is the only effective yeah. technique it just has its own purpose and so yeah. we're waiting for that collagen to really start to rehydrate and so you've got that web of fascia but almost more importantly inside the tubes of the fascial system is fluid and inside you know we learn in grade school we're like 60 or 70 percent water yeah 
it's not exactly water. It's a gelatinous substance that even has its own structure to it in a way. And so when there's trauma, inflammation, we're cut by a scar surgery, the body, that fluid tends to thicken and solidify. So the fascial work, we're sinking in and waiting at that barrier. And the body will start to realign along the lines of tension. And we sometimes will even put slack in and wait. And the body will finally go, oh, thank you for not pulling and stretching on me anymore. And yeah. then we can open back up. Okay. I particularly love it for pelvic work because it's so slow and so gentle. And within our training, we are taught about trauma. And when you look at the statistics for women who've had some sort of sexual assault or the statistics around miscarriage and abortion, the chances that I have a female walking through my doors who doesn't have a moderate amount of trauma from one of those things, or even just a fairly standard birth, we all have trauma, right? Yeah. And so those, that area is, it's a very personal and sacred thing to put your hands on somebody. Yeah. That requires trust. You know, we casually yeah. go for a massage and it's like, oh, self-care spa day, you know. Yeah. But getting it takes a lot of trust. Like yeah. you're going to get partially undressed or maybe all the way. Like that's. And then when you talk about the pelvis and internal work where we're literally putting gloved fingers in the vagina, uh-huh. in the rectal opening potentially, uh-huh. that is sacred. Yeah. And you know, you don't just go take a weekend course, you know, like that. Um, that's, it, it's, it's just sacred. And so the, I think the myofascial work and the training that we get related to that is in particularly valuable and applicable for that population. Cool. And so, and, and do you do myofascial work on, on C-section star, scars as well? And can that be beneficial? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, myofascial release and visceral work are like my main hands-on things Mm -hmm. I do. And again, not the only things that are effective, not the only things to treat stuff. Yeah. Just what I love and have found to be effective. No, 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 that's good. And, and I like the fact that, um, you're being very honest about talking about how it is is low. It's not really, it it takes time. It's not something that you're going to go twice and see you and be like, yeah, that's a, off you go. Have a nice day. Well, I mean, a lot of times postpartum recovery partly depends on what activities the person's getting back to. I work uh-huh. with a lot of runners and CrossFitters, um, but it can sometimes be four sessions. I had a mom come in. She was on baby number three. Uh-huh. Nothing's too seriously going wrong, but she'd been starting to get more active again. They're done having kiddos. And she just wanted to check. She just wanted uh-huh. to see where everything was. She wanted me to give her a professional assessment of her Kegel and how her pelvic floor was. And that was literally one session, a checkup. I tweaked a few things about how she was working out and on her merry way. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So definitely the technique is slow, but it doesn't necessarily mean people need 25 sessions. Yeah. Definitely depends on how they're walking in the door and what Mm. they're trying to get back to. Cool. And a uh, quick question, uh, is there anything that can help the healing of a C-section scar? Uh, uh, like, is there anything that can be done to help it heal faster? Or is it just a matter of time? Well, I mean, like some people recommend, you know, the gentle, gentle massage, like to help the fibers align well. Some people mm-hmm. put vitamin E on, on scars or abrasions, okay. coconut oil. Um, so, you know, people can definitely, you know, definitely 
some people use different essential oils and things for healing. Uh, okay. I'm not specifically well versed in essential oils, but I know yeah. a lot of people do that to contribute. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. I remember about putting a silicone thingy, like silica something oh, that my doctor, yeah. uh, that is used for uh, people who have keloid because I have a history of mm -hmm. keloid. So my doctor prescribed that. Uh, so in the massage, is this something that uh, a person, the person would need to go to a, a PT, a physical, a pelvic floor PT to, to be able to learn how to do it? The massage? Um, if, it, if they're just getting their C-section scar addressed, I guess uh, it would be depend more on training than it would your licensing. So some PTs don't do a lot of manual therapy. They do more movement or other things. They're not going to be a good fit, but you could find a PT that's not pelvic floor trained that would have good manual skills for helping the scar or even Mayan massage is often focused around the pelvis mm -hmm. and C-section scars. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's more about what the person's trained in than maybe their degree per se. Okay, cool. Uh, if someone has a C-section, does it mean they won't have pelvic floor issues? So that's a, that's, that's a tricky answer. No, it's not tricky. So one upside, there's pros and cons to everything, right? And so mm -hmm. I keep talking about having save the vag parties for women that have C-sections because a lot of times they feel bad. They feel like they didn't really have their baby or they mm -hmm. feel like their body somehow failed them. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, a lot of women are pretty devastated by having needed a C-section for a variety of reasons. And so there is upsides to the fact that your vaginal canal and your insides didn't sort of get like a sleeve pulled inside out. Uh -huh. So, um, which is a bit dramatic, but, <laughs> so, I mean, <laughs> uh, but I mean, some, it sort of feels like that a little bit, but so they're not going to have tears down there. They're not going to have an episiotomy. Um, there is less, um, prolapse mm -hmm. just because, so prolapse can come from a lot of reasons too. So sometimes the exercise they do after can contribute when things are still healing. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not like they're guaranteed to not have any, but, and the weight of pregnancy alone can contribute to prolapse just from how everything's getting squished and stretched and whatever. Mm -hmm. But you know, it, they don't have that additional pressure and yanking from the vaginal delivery. So okay. there are upsides. Okay. So basically just to, to, to see if I understood, um, they still might have some issues with their pelvic floor. However, they, they skipped one big traumatic part of maybe worsening it, which would be the actual deliver, delivery of the baby. But it doesn't mean that they're completely immune to it because they were right. actually pregnant at some point. Perfect summary. Yep. Awesome. Good. See, I'm a good student. Sure. <laughs> um, so let's, we, I have two more questions for you. Is there any difference between uh, the healing of an emergency C-section and an elective C-section from a scar tissue healing standpoint? There's going to be a lot of variables to that. I would venture to say the sheer trauma of the emergency versus the elective is likely to make things a bit worse. Mm -hmm. Not only is there a much higher emotional component, yeah, but yeah. obviously the surgeon's priority is saving mom and baby. And so they might not be able to be as careful or slow 
like heat ease down through your muscle layers. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, nowadays you'll hear something called a gentle C-section. Yeah. And so if it's a, not necessarily elective, but like if mom and baby aren't in imminent danger, sometimes they can do a gentle C-section where the uterus might even be contracting. And so the uterus can still, even though now it's been cut to let baby out a different opening, the uterus can still somewhat squeeze baby out, which is better for mom and baby. Um, there's a reason babies' bodies get that squeezing massage when they come yeah. out. And so I work on babies too. And there's babies that come out vaginally have different needs than babies that come out through C-section. So, uh -huh. but also in an emergency setting, they're going to have to be much quicker about the setting of the organs aside and getting baby yeah. out. There's usually a very, baby's heart rate's crashing, something's going on, there's a hemorrhage, something's going on on that they've got to get that baby out super quick so it's much no i no absolutes but much much higher probability that there's going to be more healing needed and more trauma okay emotionally and physically i 100 percent agree with that um so it, is redness around the c-section scar normal definitely in the first couple of weeks okay it and should then, subside as everything's healing. It's normal to get that itchiness as tissue heals. Okay. Um, it's normal to get a little bit of that mm -hmm. rippy burning. But again, we're talking in the first two to four weeks. Mm -hmm. After that, it should be pretty well healed. You know, this I hate even mentioning the six-week mark because it's so <laughs> arbitrary. And women just are kind of led to believe that we're magically back to normal. And that's like the bare minimum of... Your yeah. uterus has shrunk down. You should not be bleeding anymore. You are not like just, oh, you're totally you like you were before you got pregnant now. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of how, what we're led to believe though. And they're like, just, mm -hmm. yeah, you can go back to sex. You can go back to work. You can go back to the gym. Like, da -da 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 -da. Yeah, yeah. Like nothing happened. It's like, imagine somebody having an ACL uh, like surgery and being like, oh, by the way, six weeks. Sure. Go back to sprinting. Like right off the gate. Yeah. And I mean, even a lot of times people go in for the six week checkup and there's not even an internal exam done. I, I didn't tell have that it. all the time. Yeah. I didn't have it. I did yeah. not like my doctor. Like I had a C-section both times and um, my doctor lifted my top and he was a phenomenal doctor. I think that the thing is just that um, it's not their scope of work. And they're failing. To, I think that the, the part that they are guilty is to not refer to a, 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 a pelvic floor PT uh, yeah. and to not even bring awareness of uh, the existence of what do you guys do. Um, one of my favorite offices here, they also do a postpartum depression screening, which I think uh, is really good and critical. But uh, even now they are really great at referring out. So that's where they sort of get a pass. But a lot of my moms come from there and they ask them how they're doing. They ask them how they're feeling. They ask them if they've stopped bleeding. They, they check that, that questionnaire, but they don't necessarily do any kind of touching to check for diastasis or of the ab separation or any internal exam at all. Mm -hmm. Unless the mom's like, please check such, you know, something because it's hurting or I'm still bleeding or something's wrong. They don't routinely do yeah. any kind of yeah. exam. And, and I think that another problem as well, which we could talk about, uh, about this for hours is that also like, um, people don't understand that the diastasis, uh, uh diagnosis <laughs> is not like really something that they should hold on to for like years to come. 
because I have moms that like have kids that are three years old and they're like, I have, I have diastasis. I got measured whenever I was like six weeks and I had it. And I'm like, I would actually be surprised if you didn't. <laughs> or how they're like, I can't do sit-ups. I'm not allowed to do sit-ups. Yeah. 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 So yeah, I think, I, but I'm, I'm happy that um, more awareness is being brought to it. So last question is how soon after delivering should moms be looking to see a, a pelvic floor PT? So most of the time that six week checkup is fine. Again, we do want the most, the bleeding to have stopped. We do yeah. want yeah. to give the tissue basic healing time. Uh -huh. I had a mom come in once around four, four and a half weeks. And part of that was because I don't remember the reason, but she'd already gone to her doctor and they were like, yeah, you're basically fine. And that she wasn't going to be going back to them. And she was going to be lifting weights regardless. So she, I was like, well, yeah, go ahead and come in. We might as well check and see where you're at. Cause she was yeah. going to do what she was going to do yeah. uh, either way. But most of the time, around six weeks. Six weeks, okay. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, we and have a massage therapist here, and she'll sometimes go to the house or moms can come in and get just kind of a full body massage. But I don't usually do internal before six weeks. Okay. Heal. Yeah, cool. Awesome. Amy, thank you so much. This has been so uh, uh, informative and enlightening and um, even helping me overcome my own beliefs. Uh, so I really appreciate that, uh, helping me understand, uh, a lot of things that I thought I understood, but maybe I didn't. Uh, so thank you very much for that. Um, where can people find more about you? Yeah, absolutely. And it's been a complete pleasure. I always love connecting with other birth professionals and learning. Like you said, we, we can always learn more, right? And yeah. Anthony's kind of the king of myth busting and yeah uh he's not satisfied if he hasn't shaken up your belief system so um, i had to do his course twice i did his course twice because and and i think um his course just to go on a tangent here um the first time that i did it i i thought i knew everything and i didn't know anything uh and i was like i was like what do you mean and you was a very humbling experience to be put back on my plates and be like you you know so, and then I went the second time and then I felt so much better to be more open-minded, to learn new things and, and be around people who are also open-minded to learn the new things. So, um, yeah, I'm very grateful that, um, he came to Dallas and I was able to, to do his course once again. Yeah, I can definitely say I've never gone to any course and been like, Oh, I already know all this already. Never happened. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, but I think that it is um, because he makes you think. He doesn't give you the information oh. right there. So, and 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 I'm. I'm he first... stayed at my house, Natalia. <laughs> I, we went. We went home from class, and it just continued. He has a picture of me at my kitchen table, and my face. I think I look. I look so pitiful, and I'm like, because my brain is numb. Like I can't take anymore. I'm like, go teach my son He's like, I can't. I can't. I, 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 I honestly, like every single day that I finished the course, I would get home and my husband would ask me questions. I'm like, can you give me like five minutes? Because I needed to like, even the I normally listen to podcasts in my car, my drive back, I was listening to music because I couldn't have anything to overload my brain anymore. Yeah. 
<gasps> yeah, but it's his, it's fun, and I use I use his stuff almost every day in my own workouts. And yeah, yeah, I'm trying to do some workshops here and help people utilize that information. It's so good. Yeah. But to answer your actual question, so my website is Moment of Truth. Okay. PT.com. Okay. I'll put and the links. Yeah, we can, I can send you all the links. We have a Facebook page, Moment of Truth Physical Therapy. I also have a podcast. It's called Bellies, Babies, and Birth. And your crew is going to want to stay tuned for that because you're going to be on soon. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think you're going to be our early December release. So awesome. Um, yeah, you're, you're going to want to get that to your community and stuff. So yeah, the podcast is bellies, babies and birth. And there's, there's tons of resources on my website. You guys, um, I love giving out free information. We've got some new reports that'll be up there in the next week or two, but Mm -hmm. under, gosh, what do we call it? We're going to change it. I think it just says resources, but yeah, a blog post. We've got a bunch of exercise tip videos. We've got, um, that's the podcasts are listed there and different things. So any, I'm always happy to try to answer questions or help to the best of my knowledge. Um, even if people don't live here in Phoenix or whatever. So thank you so much. And that's another thing that I find phenomenal about the, the, the pre and post NATO community as a whole is that everybody is very willing to help just help to help. Like, uh, and, and I find that, um, like the recipe to success. And I think that with time and with patience and with keep on doing what we have been doing to bring awareness and to bring information, we'll be able to provide women with what they need in order to feel their best after having, having a child. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no room for ego. That's just no. a waste of energy. Yeah. Well, Amy, thank you so very much for your time and for speaking with me today and everybody go check her out. <laughs> All right. Bye-bye. Bye you guys.